Hello again, and welcome back to Crescent Moon Kids. I'm Denise Davids-Meyer. I have a new episode for you this week. Last week was my very first episode ever, which I was very excited about. I talked about children and technology. Today I want to bring you a new topic, which for some people might be a little confusing at first uh, about why I'm emphasizing this so much. But I wanted to talk about boundaries, and it's important to understand why children need boundaries. Um, So I want to start off by saying I know that as we're in the midst of this coronavirus epidemic, um, although hopefully it's winding down, I know everyone is affected. Parents have particularly been impacted and are really struggling and overwhelmed, and I've seen this firsthand with many of the parents of my students. I do take this into account when I discuss my topic and share information because I know for some of you, just simply surviving is all that's on the agenda these days and I totally get that. But keeping that in mind and while I offer grace for all those adults who are working with kids, whether it be as a parent, as a daycare provider, Um, teacher, whatever it may be, um, I do want to talk about boundaries and why they're so critical. So when you think of the word boundary, you might have a definition in your mind and everyone probably has a bit of a different definition. So you might be wondering, how does this relate to parenting or to working with children or why do we even need to talk about it? So I was pondering this subject matter and how to describe it within this context of a parent-child or adult-child relationship. So I was thinking about sports, games of any kind. Um, So when you think about a game or a sport, a sporting event, you think about, you know, the kids and or whoever's playing and what the game is about and it could be an actual organized sport it could be just a yard game excuse me it could be a board game Um, but I know that as I was attending lots of sporting events for my my kids football baseball basketball track and now with my granddaughter she's in softball basketball volleyball One thing I know that all games have in common, whether it be a sport or a yard game or a board game, is a set of rules and also boundaries, white lines. In football or soccer, there's a foul zone in baseball. And so we often hear the ball went out of bounds or in baseball, the umpire yells, foul ball. And when this happens, the game stops because the ball or maybe a person is no longer within that allotted space or maybe is not following the rules. And so this is the thing that that they all have in common, that if you want to play that game, there are consequences when the rules are not followed because that's what makes the game fair, equitable, fun for everyone. Children who make up their own games, maybe out on the playground, they establish rules before they start and then everyone needs to agree 
on those rules to be able to play the game. And those stay established throughout that game. So I'll talk a bit later about people who want to change the rules midstream and how that affects everyone. So I wanted to use this analogy to help you understand the correlation between boundaries, rules, in a game or sport, and its correlation with discipline and child development. As we think of this analogy, we look at how the adults in a child's life set up rules. They have a structure, whether it's at home or school, and it's important to have this for everyone to function. And then it does reach out to the broader culture eventually. So if you have an older child or teen, maybe they help decide what the rules are. Since they're older, they can have some input. But for young children, it's um, between the adults and the environment who uh, really set up those boundaries and rules. And we know that we must have structure for them. But really, what what is the reason why and how do we continue to be consistent? So for a child to be able to, quote, play the game of life, we know that they need this structure to be able to grow into a, an adult with a healthy sense of self and awareness of how to function within a society. Imagine trying to play a game and the rules keep changing. So as I said earlier, you know, there may be, remember that kid on the playground who stops the game, they wanna change the rules, they don't like what's happening, they, they wanna manipulate, they wanna to try to get their needs met. Or imagine you're in the backyard, you're playing a game, and your foul line or your out of bounds is the neighbor's fence. And then let's say the fence gets taken down for whatever reason, now it's it's harder to know when is the ball still in play when is it out of bounds it can be irritating and frustrating in both of those instances it can be unsettling and confusing um, some people might some kids might cry some might walk away stomp their feet say they're mad say it's not fair they don't want to play with you anymore and whatever that scenario the end result will be some type of unsettling, unrest, anger, angst, not having confidence, trust in, in playing with, with those people again, and a general lack of peacefulness. It's, it's just not a feel good. So if you now think of a child, and especially a young child, but any, any age, if you watch for some unsettled emotions, I don't like to call them negative emotions because emotions are just simply energy and motion, basically. And so we want to validate and honor each emotion that a person has. And especially for children, it's okay to feel whatever they feel. It's the, the behavior and the action that results from it that we have to help them with. So if you watch for that in a child, you might be able to backtrack and you might see that maybe there was a lack of boundary that caused that behavior. And obviously misbehavior can come from other issues as well. But today as we talk about boundaries, I want you to kind of think about maybe there was a time when your child was 
just struggling and maybe they weren't clear about where the boundaries were. And when they become irritated, frightened, upset, sometimes it's because they cannot feel where your boundary is. And children are developing their neural pathways in their brain all through childhood. And as we are able to be consistent, it strengthens those pathways for that particular concept or issue. It's, it's, their, it's their way of being able to have a reference point and frame all of their experiences. And they really need them to be able to, to feel safe and secure. So here's a scenario. Let's say your child is whining for candy before bedtime. She doesn't want to go to bed or maybe she's had too much stimulation. She's scared about the dark, whatever it might be. And so you say, no, we, our rules are we aren't having candy before bed, but you've had a rough day. It's hard to hear the crying. She's upset. The crying is escalating. You're ready for bed or some downtime for yourself. So eventually you give in and you let her have the candy. So she calms down. She's happy in the moment. You think, oh, oh, thank goodness it worked. She stopped. Things are okay. Now we can go to bed. But guess what? You just moved the boundary lines and you just changed the rules. The rule was no candy before bed. The boundary was your clear answer to her when you said no. And when she stops crying and eats the candy, you might think, okay, that worked and thank goodness, but what's lurking beneath the surface of that whole episode is hard to see. And that is that what happened was a temporary fix it was in the moment. It stopped the crying for that moment. It was immediate gratification for her. It tastes good. She's getting pleasure. But unbeknownst to her conscious mind, and also maybe to you and your thinking, she becomes confused. She becomes a little bit more unclear. She trusted your boundaries before. No candy before bed. We knew that. Everyone knew that. And now the boundaries in a different place. You just dismantled the fence. You rewrote the playbook. She doesn't have a neural pathway for this new situation. So it causes anxiety, maybe uncertainty, unsettled feeling, and all kids are different. And oftentimes we don't even recognize that that's what's going on. But when we see a child misbehave or struggle emotionally, sometimes this could be the reason. So fast forward, now the next night, she's gonna ramp up her demand for candy to see where the boundary is. And she wants to get her way, of course. So the sweets are an added bonus, but in reality, the real issue is she's not sure how to play the game. She doesn't know what the rules are anymore because someone just tore a page right out of her rule book. She isn't able to trust that there will be equity, security, and stability and she has a little bit less trust in the adults in her life. And so this is the most concerning part about a scenario like this. It's something that we probably don't give a lot of thought to or recognize. It's not something we've heard about or been taught or are able to easily 
comprehend and understand it, children look to the adults in their lives for comfort and familiarity and most of all, love and security. They need to know they're going to be safe. They need to know that we will love them even when they cry ugly, which often they do and we all do at times. They need to know there's a consistent and steady routine that has structure and that they can feel this security net around them. They want to be able to put their hand out and touch it and know here's where I'm safe. So within that freedom, excuse me, within that confines, that boundary, there can be some freedom. So as in a Montessori classroom, for instance, we have very clear boundaries and very clear rules, but within those, there's a lot of choice making. They can decide what they want to do, how they want to use a particular material. At home, you could invite your child to decide between the blue shorts or the red shorts. You could invite her to, to decide, shall we brush our teeth first or shall we read a book first before, before bed? And those are ways a child can feel empowered which creates less of a need for the manipulation that happens. And it will give them an opportunity to, to feel important and to know that their, their decisions and their choices and their, their thinking is, is critical and important and that it's within the framework that the adult has set up. And when I talk to parents of my students about these issues, I like to equate the emotional security and boundaries with physical boundaries. So for instance, 100% of the time, when you see your child try to run into a busy street, you are going to grab that child. You're going to do whatever it takes to prevent them from running into the street. That is a clear, strong boundary. So if you think about it in this way, and we apply that to social and emotional boundaries, then it might be a little more clear why we need those just as much. Children test us, they push and pull and manipulate. It's really their job, it's their mission. A child's mission in life is to try to see where you are and, and those methods they use crying, whining, upset, tantrums, screaming, you name it, are their immature ways of trying to figure out where the structure is so that they can be safe and secure and that they can develop in the best way possible. So we've all had that issue where a child has had a meltdown, maybe it's in the middle of a store, and it's embarrassing, but what we know is that anybody who's ever worked with kids understands it's inevitable, it's going to happen. And most people are not going to judge, and even if they do, um, it's really okay, it's not, your, it's not your issue, it's their issue. But what we know is that when you remain firm and calm and speak to them calmly and help them, maybe you have to just pick them up, they will feel that security, even in the upset, uh, even when it looks like they're so angry or so frustrated, 
and it's really stressful. But when you stay firm, physically present, emotionally present with your heart open, it is the clear way forward because they need to know that we're there. You might offer a hug after the candy incident. You might offer to read a book to them or sing a song to her. You can just simply sit and hold her and support her emotional process. She needs that strong, caring, calm adult to help her identify those emotions and allow her time to diffuse them. You could say something like, it's frustrating when you can't have what you want, or you feel sad because you are really hoping for that piece of candy, or I can see your tears and hear your anger. It's okay to feel mad. This kind of, of um, feedback reflects to her the possibility of identifying her feelings, and it will guide her in that process toward releasing them and calming. So for an older child or a teenager, you could use clarifying and descriptive language also in more advanced and sort of sophisticated ways to help them with their emotional process. And ultimately, we want children to develop emotional intelligence in the same way that we inspire cognitive learning. And that is a way for them to really understand what they're feeling and what others around them are also feeling and to help them become really emotionally intelligent adults. And Montessori understood that within the child is the making of the adult. In that tiny little organism when they're born and developing is the person that they are going to become. And our job as adults working with those children is to create the strong, healthy, consistent boundaries so they find the security and then are able to freely develop in the best way possible. When we love unconditionally, they feel it. Uh, I think a lot of parents worry about the child who says, I hate you, I'm mad at you, you're mean, I don't like you. I think we hear that um, when, when these kinds of things happen. Most of us have probably heard something like that. That can be really heartbreaking, especially if we don't understand what's going on. But the truth of that is that the child doesn't even really understand the words they're using. They have a limited vocabulary, especially younger children. They have a limited emotional awareness. And so they're just going to spew words from their limited cache of language because they're not getting what they want. And to lash out towards someone who loves you unconditionally is the safest way. So if we, as that adult, stay consistent with the boundaries, the child will begin to formulate a coping mechanism and a way to understand and deal with the disappointment. And so what we know is that children are amazing creatures. We're able to keep moving forward with so much knowledge and information and guide them in the best possible ways because of the new information that we keep getting all the time. But we also know that there's um, sort of a timeless um, concept around child development and discipline, and it is creating these boundaries, and it, it is creating a structure in their lives, and having a, a routine, and having something that's familiar and that, that's predictable, so that as they're developing, they can 
create new neural pathways through their experimenting and their exploring while the structure keeps them safe. So I think that it, if you can really sort of expand your consciousness around it and try to really wrap your head around why this is so important, then I think that the long-term benefits will really outweigh those little minor um, challenges that you feel as a parent. Because what we want is for there, there to be a successful development into adulthood. And that is the, the biggest challenge that we face is helping them to, to understand where we are and then they can feel that security. So no matter um, what age your child, um, it's, it's critical and important. So I was hoping to um, finish out today with a little um, blurb about my website. It's crescentmoonkids.com and there's another little article on there about boundaries and gives you a little bit more information and some examples of ways to to help your child and to, to stay consistent with boundaries. So thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you take some information and um, I hope it's applicable to you and I will talk to you next time.